Praise God, man. I'm glad y'all tuned in tonight for our Wednesday night sessions on the spirit of life. Uh, it's going to be great tonight. I've got a lot of stuff I want to share with y'all. And so make sure and get your pen, piece of paper, something you can write with, because you're going to want to take notes, because I've got a lot, a lot of information for you tonight. So let's go to the Lord and let's get started. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for tonight. I praise you, Lord God, that people all over the world are watching this video, and I just declare that, Lord, they are going to be touched by the Spirit of God, no matter where they are, no matter what frame of mind they're in. I thank you, Lord, by the power of your Spirit, you just begin to penetrate through all the darkness, through all the depression, through all the, the, the anxiety, the troubles, the woes, and, Lord, begin to touch their hearts tonight to show us who we are in Christ Jesus, to show us who the power of God that's on the inside of each and every one of us through our salvation in you. Lord, you've given us such a glorious, glorious, glorious rebirth and to be born again into the, to the spirit of God and the things of God to become children of God. Lord, Galatians 4, 6 tells us that we are the children of God and that the spirit of God on the inside of us cries out, Abba, Father. So tonight, Lord God, as the word is shared and is taught I just declare that that spirit on the inside of us begins to just make a connection with heaven and that, Lord, the revelation of your word begins to pour forth through people and they begin to see you, Lord, like maybe they've never seen before. Lord, that you begin to open up avenues of thought and avenues of, of, the, of the, your spirit of what you want to do in each and every one of our lives. Begin to show us things, reveal things to us, begin to speak things to us that, Lord, that sets us free, puts us on a course with you that is so glorious. And so tonight, Lord God, we just seek your face. We just want to be with you. We want to see your word come alive in our lives. And so, Holy Ghost, I thank you for making it happen. I thank you for bringing it to pass and blessing everyone out there, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Now, praise God. I want you to go get your Bibles out and go to Romans chapter 8, verse 18 is where we're going to start tonight. So this is session number nine, and uh, I encourage you, if you're just getting involved in this, to go back and start session one, watch them all the way through, because the whole point of this, this series is to get you to where you can understand when you were born again, when you made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, that it wasn't just an act. It wasn't just something that you, you, you did. It was something that happened. And, and, and the Bible says that you became a new creation, that the spirit of the living God became to live in and dwell on the inside of us. And, and it wasn't just salvation to get into heaven. It wasn't just, oh, okay, now you're delivered and then you're going to die someday and you're going to go to heaven. Oh, that's a piece of it. But there's so much more of what God wants to work through each and every one of us as his children here on this earth to be blessing and helping everyone. Now, I'm going to get in. I want to say some things right off the first as I read the scripture. So don't, please don't turn me off. I mean, just let me, let me get through this here for the next 20, 30 minutes and you're going to get blessed. So verse 18, I'm in Romans 8, 18. It says, for consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. It uses this word, the sufferings, you know, nobody wants to hear that word. Nobody wants to suffer. Now, you know, right now we're all suffering with heat. We're suffering with lack of water, but there's so much more suffering going on in the world. And it says here, consider that the suffering of this present time, it's not worthy to be compared with the glory 
which shall be revealed in us. In other words, the prize, the glory is so glorious. Heaven is so glorious. Jesus is so glorious. The Holy Spirit is so glorious. The love of the Father is so glorious that when, when you grab hold of that revelation, it seems like the, the sufferings that you're going through on this earth, it's, it's nothing because the glory is so great. No one, listen, no one, when you're wanting to be a star athlete or just an athlete, there's no one that just woke up one morning and said, you know, I want to be a great athlete or I want to be a world-class boxer or I want to be a, you know, a rowing champion or I want to do this. And you just were. No, no, no. There was a lot of suffering you put into working out physically, getting yourself right, getting your mental state right, getting your, your physical body right, doing all these things you had to do in order to go for the prize, the glory, the prize, okay? And so all this training goes into it. Well, yeah, it's suffering in the sense that you're working out, you're sweating, you're, you're, you're doing all this stuff, your muscles are sore, you know, all these kind of things that, that play into that. But when you win the prize and you stand up on the box and they put the gold medal around you, or you win the trophy, or whatever it is that you accomplished and you got the goal, well, then the suffering that you did it doesn't, you don't count it as much. But Jesus is trying to make a point here that what we're going through in this present time, the heartaches, the pains, the whatever, it's nothing. You, you're you're going to count it as nothing compared when you get to heaven, you see the glory or, listen, when you start working and operating the kingdom of God here in your life and the power of God that's in you begins to manifest, man, it, it, it just begins to make all the suffering look like nothing because the glory is so great. I want to go to another scripture here. I want to go look at Matthew chapter 13, verse 3. Matthew 13, 3. <clears throat> now, this is a, a story, a story of the parable of the sower that you're probably familiar with, but just go through this real slow with me and look at it. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Now some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth. They immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root. They withered away. Some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground. And yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Now he who has ears to hear, let him hear what, what I said. Okay, so this parable of the sower. We're talking about a sower's going out and he's throwing seeds and seeds are falling in different places. Now this is part of what I want you to understand. When you understand the parable of the sower and you understand the principle Jesus is trying to get across to the people, then you begin to understand how you have to build so that you're going towards the prize or the goal. If you don't understand how you're going to build, then you're haphazardly. Just think about it like this. If an athlete was training for, uh, let's just say, the 100-meter sprint, and so there's certain type training that goes into that. There's certain things that they do. But what if the, train, the guy said, look, I, I don't, you know, I just want to do my own thing. Today I'm going to train. I'm going to lift weights today. 
Uh, tomorrow I think I'll just do some cardio. Eh, I'll just go swim in the pool and do some laps after that. I'll go, well, he, what he's doing is he's haphazardly training. They have coaches for training, all the specific things that they need to do in order to build their, their muscles, to build their, their minds. I mean, it's training just to, to know how to come out of the starting blocks. I remember one time when, when I was in high school, they, uh, it was a track meet. And the uh, coach needed people to go, and so he drug us out of the field house. We were just in there lifting weights for, for football, and uh, he drug us out of there, so we all had to go. So we all had to enter into the events. And I'll never forget the very first time they put down a set of starting blocks, and I was supposed to come out of starting blocks. I'd never been in a set of starting blocks. I never even paid any attention to them. And they put these things down, and I began to ask everybody, which foot? Do I put back? Do I put my right foot back or my left foot back? Which, which? And they said, well, just the strongest one you're coming out on. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't know what this is. So I just kind of put both of them equal and just kind of got myself down in a stance because I didn't even know how to work starting blocks. OK, obviously, I had not prepared myself for the race to win the prize was for. So that's what I'm talking about. If you're living your Christian life haphazardly. And you add a little here and you do a little here and you do a little here. Well, you start to miss the whole point of what Jesus is doing. So now let's pick it up in Matthew 13, 10. So it says, so the disciples came and says, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered and said, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it has not been given. For whoever has, listen to this. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, hearing you will hear, and shall not understand, seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of the people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes have closed. Least they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears. Least they would understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For assuredly, I say to you that many prophets Prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. So when Jesus is talking about this, he gives us some some points here. Some training principles we can follow so that we can reach the goal. Now, you may ask yourself, well, what's the goal? The goal is just to get to heaven. No, there's more than that. There's more than just the goal of living your life and making it to heaven. The goal is, is to produce fruit, fruit in our own lives, to develop our lives so that we can influence others and take as many people to heaven with us as we possibly can. But you have to understand how these principles work. The first thing he said is that when you start the process correctly, more will be added to you. Because, you know, he just said, if you have and then you add more to it, you're going to have an abundance. I'm going to make that all work out. So in other words, you got to start with salvation and with faith as the root of everything. 
Faith has got to be the root of everything. Faith in God's word. Faith that Jesus is the son of God. Faith that heaven is real. Faith that you're, you're, you're growing and developing into the, the child of God you're supposed to be. The second thing is, he said, he talked about the heart. He said, you must have a heart. You, you got to have a heart that, that's alive to God, not one that's dull. There's a lot of people in the world right now that have a dull heart towards God. They just, there's just nothing there. They just, that God can jump up and down in front of them, do a dance in the middle of them, twirl around. They don't, they're just dull to it. They don't, they don't see anything, don't hear anything. The third thing he says is know and declare you have eyes to see. Because that's what he said. You have eyes to see and a heart to receive. And you're taking it in, what he's given you, and, it's, and then he's adding more to it, and you're growing. And then the fourth thing was, is you have to receive the word as truth. Now, let me say those again. The first thing is, you start the process correctly by willing, being willing to be added to. The second one is, you must have a heart that's alive to God and it's not dull. The third is, you have to declare you have eyes to see. And the fourth is, you have to receive the word as truth. There's a powerful scripture I want you to go to in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. 1 Thessalonians 2, 13. <clears throat> it says, for this reason, we also thank God without ceasing. Because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also, which also effectively works in you who believe. Do you see what he's saying here? He's saying to the church of Thessalonica, he says, man, the reason for this reason, God, God without ceasing, you think, we also thank God without ceasing. He said, man, I'm just rejoicing. I'm just praising God. I'm just so excited because when you heard the word coming out of our mouth, this is Apostle Paul talking. You heard the word coming out of our mouth. You received it not as the word of the Apostle Paul, but you received it as the word of God through the Apostle Paul to you. Do you hear what I'm saying? <laughs> It's one thing to sit and listen to somebody preach the word of God and you're like, oh, okay, well, that was good. You know, you take it here, take it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, well, I kind of agree with that, but I kind of don't agree with that. It's another thing to say, man, I'm going to a church that I believe in the pastor. I believe he's a God called man of God. I believe he's set there, anointed of God to speak the word to me and God is speaking through him to me. The moment you do that, the moment that that revelation hits you. When I first got saved and I began to read the Bible, I praise God that, that really there was no one instructing me but the Holy Spirit, and I didn't even know the Holy Spirit was doing that. And when I read the Bible and I started going through the pages and I, I began to look at them and I began to read it, I started reading the Bible as if the Bible was written for me. And when I saw the revelation, I saw something in there, I was like, Wow, it's like he did it for me. He spoke that to me. And it began to change everything. It began to open up my whole world because I began to see that God wrote the word for me. And so as I read through the word and he's speaking, it may be the apostle Paul speaking to Titus, but I'm saying he's speaking to Robert and it's God speaking through him to me. 
When you start putting your faith in that the, there is no error in the word of God and that God has put people in your life and in, in your, your, your path to speak his word to you and you start receiving that as truth. Man, I want to tell you something. The world of God begins to open up to you. And you begin to receive revelation like you've never received revelation before because the Holy Spirit can then use that. This is the point of what you have, then more gets added to you and you continue to grow. Without an understanding like that, you won't move on in life and begin to bear fruit. Because you're judging everything and that judgmental spirit coming in there is going to keep you from receiving God's word into your life. You're reading the word as a book, as history. And I want to tell you something, it, you're not going to get it. The revelation of this truth is not going to jump into your heart. What's going to happen to you is you're going to get religious and you're going to begin to then create everything religiously. And then you're in trouble, man, you're in trouble because then the hooks of the enemy are in you and your heart gets off kilter and then everything you start to receive in your life, it's not going to be truth. I remember one time uh, I was going to a stock show and uh, my, I, I was going to be gone for a couple of weeks off. And, and I asked my little girl at that time, I said, what do you want me to bring you? And, and she just looked at me and she said, a big diamond. And I was like, oh, wow, that's going to be easy to accomplish in the middle of a stock show. I'm going to be able to find a big diamond. And so... You know, the, the, the show went on and we were showing cattle and, and doing all this. And then one day I had a little time off and I was walking through going somewhere in the, in, the, in the arena, I mean the building there. And I looked over and there was a lady selling these crystals. And I know that everybody, you know, that there's all kinds of demonic things with crystals. But I, my little girl said she wanted a big diamond. I went over there and there was a big, big one cut, looked just like a diamond. And so I said, what do you want for that one? I said, I want that one. So I bought that thing and I took it and. Then I brought it home and I gave it to her and I said, hey, I got you just what you wanted. And I handed it to her and she's like, oh, you know, a big diamond. But I realized when I got to messing with that thing that the funny thing about a crystal and the way it was cut, when light went in, then it was going to refract and go out another way because of the cut in that stone. It wasn't going to go right straight through. You couldn't hold it up to the light and it shined through and to the other side. It was going to always go off. It was refracting it. And when I saw that, the Spirit of God spoke to my heart right then. And he said, if you don't keep your heart right and you don't keep things out of your heart and you don't understand this parable of the sower and what I'm trying to do is sow into your life, then what happens is you build up walls and you build up divisions in your life. And the truth of my word never gets into your heart because the this... This deception out here sends it off one way or the other. It goes off and you don't get it in you. And it, it, made, it was a foundational time in my life because I realized, wait a minute, Lord, I see that. So I have to take your word and realize you're writing this to me. You're speaking this to me. When a preacher is preaching out of the word of God and it's truth out of the word of God, you're speaking, you're using him to speak your truth to me. And that's what changes everything, which brings us back to the four types of hearts that are in here that are receiving seed. So go back to Matthew 13, 18. And let's look at this. 
I'm in Matthew 13, 18. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is, this is he who receives seed by the wayside. But he who receives seed on the stony ground, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. But he who receives the seed on good ground is he who hears the word, understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. So obviously in this story of the four types of, of hearts that the seed lands on, we want to be the last one because the goal is in our life to bear fruit, to bless others. If you've ever had the privilege of just sitting down with somebody and leading them to the Lord, somebody that did not know Jesus and you prayed with them and they came to know Jesus, at that moment, I'm going to tell you something, everything that you went through in life seems pretty small to know that there's a soul that's going to live forever in heaven. Everything, the sufferings of this world just begins to seem like nothing. Folks, that's bearing fruit. And we as Christians, if we've ever needed to bear fruit, more in our life is right now. There's so many people out there that are lost and they're undone. They're depressed. I gave the, the, the statistic Sunday. 60% of, the, of Americans right now are depressed. Depressed means they don't know what the goal is. They don't know what, what, what there's any hope out there. They don't know that there's anything good out there. They're depressed. To lead a person like that out of the darkness, to lead a person like that to know Jesus, that's what your salvation's all about, bearing fruit, producing fruit. So let's look at these four. The first one, he said, the guys that are on the wayside, the bar ditch, does not, they don't understand that word. It says they do not understand that word understand means to set or to bring it together. That's what it means to understand. It means to like, like you set it in place or you, 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 you gathered it together so that it would all work correctly. He says, that's what's wrong with them. They don't understand. They don't know that God has to be in their life. They don't know that Jesus needs to be the center of their life. The moment, the moment the world began to take God out of everything, God out of our schools, God out of everything like that, what they're doing is saying, okay, we want you to be wayside. We want you to be ground that the seed of the word of God is not going to fall on because you're not bringing it together. You're not setting it in its place. You're not counting it as the word of God. When I grew up, I grew up and, 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 and went to school, there were the Ten Commandments hanging on the wall. And as a kid, I looked up the Ten Commandments. When I saw thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, and I saw those things up there, I took them as it is the word of God. It's not some man's opinion. It's not some moral system that somebody invented. No, it is the living word of God that spoke into my heart. And I put that in my heart and said, we shouldn't do those things. Nowadays... All we're doing is creating waysides for the seed just to fall on and be gone. Because it says that person gets stolen from 
immediately. Now, the second one is the stony ground. It says, on the stony ground, they receive the word with joy, but because they do not believe in what God is doing in their life, tribulation comes, they lose faith, and they lose focus because they don't believe it's true. They don't believe God really speaks to them. I mean, <clears throat> let's just say something real simple here. If, if you believe that this Bible is the word of God, that it's not just some book, it is the living word of God. You, if you believe that, then why wouldn't you want to read it every day? Why wouldn't you want to, to, to get this seed in your heart so that you can bear fruit? Well, why you wouldn't is because one other reason. You could just be, you never said it in its place, the first person. The second one on the stony ground is because Man, there's tribulation. You think the devil wants you to know what the Word of God says? Do you think, really, come on, church, we, we, we get upset sometimes because, you know, we get attacked, we get this and say, oh, you know, every time I try to serve God, every time I try to read my Bible, every kind of problem happens, every this happens, that happens. And so what happens? We quit. Well, then that's exactly what happened on the stony ground. Tribulation came in. We begin to lose faith that it's going to work in our life. And then we lose focus, and the seed's gone. The third one here is the thorny ground, okay? Now, the thorny ground, it says that they receive the word, and it started growing, but then the cares of the world began to choke out the word. You know, we live in a world today that there's all kinds of woes, there's all kinds of cares, there's all kinds of issues, there's all kinds of problems going on. But the main one that happens, and I've seen this happen so much in Christians' lives, they take in the word, they receive the word, they get the word in them, they get delivered from their circumstances immediately at that time, and then the pressure's off of them, and then they just go out on their own. They quit, they forget the principle. When it's been given to you, more will be added to you. They forget that principle, so they begin to slack off. They begin to look more to the temporal things of the world to bring them joy and freedom. And they don't look at the, 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 that they've got a goal, that they're in training, that they're building, that they're strength. They get off track. How many athletes have you seen in life that are going really good and then all of a sudden they get off track? They go through a divorce. They get involved in drugs. Something happens in their life. They get off. You know, they were doing great. They worked their way to get up to that place. And then something started taking them off. Well, it's the same thing with you and the word of God. Don't let the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things begin to steal from you and get you off course. Stay focused. Stay on track. Which brings us to the the fourth ground, the good ground. It says, this person, he receives the word. He understands it, okay? There's that word again, understands. It means he set it in place. And then they realize there is work to do to not allow the problems to come in the world to them and stop the harvest of their fruit. In other words, they become aware of, hey, wait a minute, the enemy's trying to steal my word. This is why this tribulation is happening. This is why this problem is happening. We always think it's just an ugly person or somebody did this or somebody did that or whatever. Whatever. But you got to understand the big picture. The big picture is the enemy is trying to keep you from 
going on in the spirit of God and the things that God has for you and the glory that God has for you. He's trying to stop you. That's what it's all about. If you would just realize, ah, no, I want the prize of the glory of the high calling of Christ Jesus in my life and nothing is going to get in my way. Well, then all of a sudden it becomes easy to forgive. It becomes easy to walk in righteousness. It becomes easy to speak the word. It becomes easy to see that person that they, they need help. Because, see, you, you got the goal in mind. You're that athlete that's set on his course and nothing is going to stop him. Because great things are on the inside of you. You've been born again. The spirit of the living God lives and dwells on the inside of you. You have been forgiven of your sins. You walk in a state of righteousness. Heaven calls you a saint. It's, oh, I'm not a saint. It's nowhere close. I'm to a saint. No, no, no. Heaven calls you a saint because you have the blood of Jesus over your life. And your sins are forgiven and you're made right with God. And you have the ability to walk in the courts of heaven and pray for people to intercede for people, to help people, to bless people. Don't let the enemy steal your fruit. Don't let the enemy come in there with the cares of the world and, 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 and the stony grounds and the wayside. Don't let him come in there and steal your fruit. Keep your eyes on the goal because then that makes the Romans 8.18 scripture all make sense that the sufferings of this present time are counted as nothing compared to the glory of God. So don't let him steal your fruit. Right now, begin to say, he's not going to steal my fruit. Begin to declare that in your life. He's not going to steal my fruit. Write it on your fridge. He's not going to steal my fruit. Begin to put it all there and put it all in place. He is not going to steal my fruit. Amen? Because if you do that, then he won't. So praise God. Tune back in. Join me next week for session 10. It's going to be great. I'm going to take this and I'm going to expand more upon this. And I just want to pray over you right now and believe for God's blessing upon you. So just receive this prayer. Father, I declare right now in the name of Jesus, I pray over everyone listening to the broadcast, watching the broadcast tonight. I just declare, Lord God, that your hand is upon them. And I declare that what you've sown in their life, the truths that they've learned that, Lord, they will not be stolen from. I rebuke and bind the devil from stealing from them. I declare you're a liar. You're from the pit of hell. And this message tonight delivers people and that they can see clearly that they're being stolen from. Now, Lord, I praise you for that. I thank you for it. I ask you just to move mightily in their lives. And, Lord, just let this message build in them and build in them and build in them that we can be great fruit bearers for you. And, Lord, we give you all the praise for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. God bless you, church.